This podcast started with a conversation. Paul Wesley and myself were talking about how many fascinating people there are in Totnes, so we decided to invite some of those people to tell their stories. Each guest nominates a friend to interview. That friend then interviews one of their friends and so on. The interviewee becomes the interviewer, making links in our Totnes chain. This second chain features people who are involved in the arts and is five links long. This first episode features Ben Piper, ex-mayor of Totnes. Benedict J. Piper, mostly known as Benji, was born in Bohemian West London in 1961. Eventually bailing out from the hard-drinking lifestyle in Soho, Benji's mother returned to Dartington, where she'd been at school, and Ben was sent to various schools, including Dartington, before leaving a year early with virtually no qualifications. Being a political and creative person, his father had been arts editor at The Economist, Ben soon gravitated towards the creative community, despite observing that everyone in my family are artists and miserable and broke, I'd rather be a vet. Ben helped develop the free festival movement and was involved in the emergence of the New Age Traveller in opposition to nuclear arms, culminating in the occupation of the US AAF by the Green Collective in 1984, which precipitated the largest use of troops on the mainland and a series of acts outlawing the New Age Traveller community. Ben and his family fled abroad, travelling through Spain and France before coming back to England and driving a horse and cart to beat the legislation outlawing New Age travellers. He became a pyrotechnic, leading to work with the Welfare State, Emergency Exit Arts and others, as well as creating the Greencraft area of Glastonbury. As he puts it, running out of people who understood what I was talking about, Ben returned to school at the age 35 and got a BA in Fine Art. There followed years of community arts in different areas of Bristol and then Manchester, specialising in making beautiful things and then burning them. He eventually returned to Totnes and became a town councillor, an instigator of the Flatpak Progressive Group and eventually a two-term mayor, under which Totnes was nominated as one of five best town councils in the country. Ben's song is World Upside Down by Billy Bragg. Sixteen forty-nine to St George's Hill, a ragged band they called the Diggers came to show the people's will. They defied the landlords, they defied the laws. They were the dispossessed, reclaiming what was theirs. We come in peace, they said, to dig and sow. We come to work the lands in common and to make the waste grounds grow. This earth divided, we will make whole. So it will be a common treasury for all. The sin of property, we do disdain. No man has any right to buy and sell the earth for private gain By theft and murder, they took the land Now everywhere the walls spring up at their command They make the laws to chain us well The clergy dazzle us with heaven or they damn us into hell We will not worship the God they serve, the God of greed who feeds the rich while poor men starve. We work, we eat together, we 
need no swords We will not bow to the masters or pay rent To the lords we are free men Though we are poor You dig us all, stand up for glory Stand up now Hello Ben Afternoon Paul That was a wonderful song I think that might be uh, my favourite Billy Bragg song it's, it's really rousing it's a much more rousing version than the Leon Russellson version who wrote it? Leon Russellson wrote that song oh was yeah. it Leon Russell who actually yeah. wrote that yeah, song? Yeah, oh it's not yeah. traditional then I, I, for some reason I had an idea that it was no there, there is a traditional song I, I think, think there is Pryor or someone sang a original version but it's nothing like if that. If I agreed with you, I'd be showing my age as well. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you choose that song, Henry? It's a wonderful. It's just a wonderful, rousing song. But what does it mean to you? Well, I, I yeah, I love that song, and I think uh, it uh, it reminds me very, very much of um, of a particular sort of point in my life where um, I did something that I was sort of particularly proud of. Um, uh, and which was a sort of confluence of different ideas coming together into practical action, which was the uh, the occupation of uh, Molesworth, USAAF, airborne base, by the Green um, uh, Collective uh, for the for the Green Gathering in uh, 1984, um, and we, um, we 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 occupied the land for the for the benefit of the common good. Um, and made it a place of celebration, and we planted uh, wheat for Eritrea, which was harvested and then shipped out to Eritrea, which was actually kind of closing a circle between uh, sort of social justice and uh, economic um, rationality, you know, which has never been more important now. You know, we're, we're, we're living in this extraordinary situation where everybody's been beggared by... Uh, the economics of energy, which um, <laughs> is in, in, in turn destroying the planet, you know. So you know, this, 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 we, you know, we got to break this circle, and uh, and somewhere along the line, we've got to empower people to uh, kind of do what's right, rather than do what they're uh, not do that which they are afraid of doing on the basis that the sheriff's men going to come and have them. Yeah, that's a wonderful example. Actually, I wasn't aware of that um, growing corn on the Molesworth Air Base Centre Eritrea. It's the best example of sorted plowshares that I can I can think of. Yeah, I, I'm I'm immensely proud to have yeah. sort of led the convoy on, um, you know, which was sort of mobilising uh, that discontent towards a somewhat focused and creative um, approach to to protest. You know. So. Yeah. Can I scroll you back just a moment? How did you get to that space? Was it your um, your teachers at uh, Dartington Hall School that steered you in that direction? I'm being provocative here. Um, but you did go to your, an, an alumnus of Dartington Hall School, right? Yeah, I think I've said this before when I asked this kind of question tonight, you know, the most important thing that um, came from uh, you know, the immense privilege which it was to 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 inhabit that amazing space that was Dartington in that era. From we're talking sort of late sixties, seventies. Uh, you know, was the uh, liberty to do something because why not? You know, and and I think that 
that that is a kind of it's like a distillation of of, of of something that is 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 one of the strengths of the um, of, of of the British character actually. Uh, although that kind of kind of came from uh, Dorothy Amherst's uh, idea of living a a, a many and very varied life. Um, but yeah, that kind of um, in in the ethos of the place, there was definitely an underlying uh, question that we needed to be progressive in order to for the planet to survive and I mean I know I'm really completely serious about this because I was taught about global warming um, when I was you know in 19 in 1976 you know um, you know it, it, it's not like this has been any kind of a surprise you know there was sort of expectation that we would uh, translate that privilege into action and I think that's that's been quite hard for quite a lot of um, of dying kids because not least because when I was there it had become uh, quite uh, ramshackle I suppose in, in lots of ways uh, yeah it was uh, it had become the sort of last resort for I think for quite a lot of um, kids from very uh, wealthy but um, tr quite troubled backgrounds you know who was the head when you were there was it Curry was it Oh crikey, no way! I mean, I mean, I'm I'm that weird, um, rare creature, of the second generation D'Antoni. My mother, my mother was there, and uh, Bill Curry, um, right, in the yes. uh, in the thirties. That yeah. makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but there'd been you know various other people, Charles and the rest of the number of people. Um, I was under um, uh, John Whittick, who was the best English teacher that I have ever had. Was just absolutely scintillating uh, but uh, I think uh, yeah I, I, it wasn't easy for him to take on the uh, the combined you know all the things that were involved in being a headmaster no, like I say he was a fantastic English teacher and a, and a brilliant man no question about it but it was it was it was a very difficult difficult period difficult period for the school yeah so um, did he would you say he and, and presumably others at the school and at that time inspired you to become involved in the arts and the creative processes and what was happening in this area at that time or when you left the school what was going on that you got involved in? Well I bailed, bailed out of Dartington um, I, 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 I decided I wanted out of there and I, I, I went to the local um, um, sixth form um, to do to do A levels because I, I was I was too young to leave school, so I had to go and start doing something. So um, yeah, um, I started getting just uh, I actually didn't want to have anything to do with the arts because all my family were artists, and that's cliche. Or rather, I, I I often say this, but you know, they were all miserable and broke. You know, so I wanted to do something sensible. Um, but then I just uh, I didn't really know what what to do, and I I messed up my um, my academic. It was yeah, it was just it was a very difficult time, and I I I I I, my, I got lousy levels, so I wasn't going to get to be a vet like I wanted to be. Um, so and then I started hanging out with um, creatives, and we started. I mean, the first thing was, and I mean, when I look back on it, it kind of boggles me that it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of getting on for sort of forty-five years ago that I was part of starting Transact Arts in Totnes in like nineteen seventy-six, yeah, something like that. Um, which was a community arts initiative to access arts 
utilise a derelict building, very much a sort of a, 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 a pattern of um, the way that we kind of used to be possible to kind of engage with community arts in those days. This was the um, time when there were there's a lot of creativity in the arts, a lot of, sort of radical movement in the arts, and um, one manifestation was. Uh, what, what were called happenings. Was anything like that happening around here? Or was it all going on upcountry in London and in other cities? What's, what's going on here? And I know that there, was, there were festivals going on in this area too at that time, weren't there? Um, yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I, I, I'm kind of... Um, the, the happenings thing was, was something that, that my parents and their generation were doing. Um, I was the child of those sort of happenings and, the, and the, the, from uh, uh, that sort of concept of um, uh, situationalism. Um, I mean, my you know my folks were very much kind of uh, situationalist. If one looks at a uh, academic uh, uh, analysis of the thing, but yeah, the, the, I, but for me, the, it was taking the idea of the event rather than the uh, the generation of a discrete object or um, something in the material and translating that into um, an appropriate art form and for what happened for me was I started living in a bus and then I started going to festivals and part of that of that in that era was um, very much um, the mobilisation towards Greenham Common, and then there was, you know, then as I said before, Molesworth, and we uh, we we picketed Alcanbury and um, Lake and Heath, and a whole bunch of other air bases because we had this, you know, uh, this awareness that the, the the economy really wasn't working for people. Um, but uh, you know, neither were the neither were the lar- larger politics. But that idea of um, that sort of situationist idea of creating a, a temporary autonomous zone for people to um, experiment in or or, or uh, just stop and stare, you know, um, without the usual uh, contract that you have between audience and, um, and, uh, and the progenitor or whatever art, you know, the, the performer, um, it, if creating that um, free space you know, was was something that seemed to be of, of value to me. Uh, it seemed to have a great um, was was a work worth doing. So, so that the, those ideas about the arts and about community, they overlapped with very political ideas that manifested in peace camps and, as you mentioned earlier on, Greenham Common. Mm. Um, I know quite a bit about Greenham Common, but nothing about Molesworth. Can you? Fill in on on what happened at Molesworth and what was going on there. Well, there'd been a kind of crossover between the kind of libertarian um, uh, expression uh, of of the sort of free festivals, which were were not weren't really terribly political in their essence. You know, they, they weren't done for political reasons. There was much more just a sort of an experimental free zone. Um, but then there was this uh, in parallel that was running. Uh, a real, a real concern. I mean, it's hard to remember the, the, that era when um, 
uh, people of my generation, you know, and I'm, I'm 61 now, you know, but remember being sort of brought up as a child with a sort of three-minute warning, you know, the idea that there would be, the, the siren would go off and there would be three minutes before there was a large flash in the sky. And I remember, you know, with the civil defence material coming out saying, you know, you know, take a door off its hinges and prop it up behind the sofa, yeah. you know. Yeah. Protect and survive. Protect and, yeah. yeah, protect yeah. and survive, yeah, you know, and I mean, I did a theatre piece about that, actually, at a festival, so I remember back in that era, in about 82, yeah. 83 or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that, that that was kind of serious, you know, the sort of, that sort of idea that that was kind of like, you know, tenable in any kind of way, shape or form. So, we, you know, we really did need to um, put some pressure on um, and we got the, the, you know, this this was the uh, Thatcher came in in seventy nine, and we got the, we had the sort of the Thatcher Reagan um, axis, uh, uh, sort of pushing us towards a, a very m- much more hawkish um, attitude to Europe, which you know again there are resonances about that at the moment because of um, you know obviously the situation in the Ukraine and. Um, uh, whether there's some revision required in terms of how the Soviet Union that's a long complicated question but um, yeah so there was a threat then and there's, there's, a, there's a threat now so the Americans were threatening to uh, uh, base uh, mobile um, uh, cruise, cruise, cruise missile yeah. uh, facilities and they were going to they were going to be based at those air bases so yeah so uh the you know the women's movement stepped up and uh, uh, engaged with with Greenham, um, and there was, there was a bit of a crossover there with with um, you know what became sort of New Age travellers and uh, but then the Molesworth was as it were the the Greens kind of doing a, a sort of a white a, a broader based thing. So we there was a green gathering which is, you know still is. A, Big Green Gathering, which uh, lots of people love, and it happened somewhere. It used to happen at Worthy Farm, or somewhere in Somerset, and we just went, well, why don't we do it on an airbase? You know, um, and um, as it is extraordinary how how sort of easy it was really to just sort of wander onto an airbase and occupy it. Um, and we had a festival, which was fantastic, and uh, I mean, it's ex- you know fabulous space, you know, great big wide flat bit of grass you know um uh, so and then some people um stayed on after the first, it actually coincided with the um one of the first really brutal um assaults on the itinerant um uh, the new sort of new itinerants that had, had moved in had stepped well had sort of moved into the void left by the dispossession of tra- traditional fam- uh, traveling communities that had been basically um corralled onto onto reservations so there was a sort of there was a gap in the market for knife grinders and um fruit pickers and all these sorts of things and there was a really brutal assault on what was known as a convoy in those days um at nostal priory which uh, predates the the, the bean field by by year um which is a more famous event that everybody's aware of but uh, so there were quite a lot of refugees literally kind of refugees in their own state that um washed up at uh, Molesworth in in terrible distress from having their homes wrecked and uh, violently assaulted, robbed, beaten, um, all sorts of things that we don't really associate with being British. Um, and a, a community stayed behind. Um, and um, 
the naissance of what became known as the uh, Rainbow Village on the Road is kind of c- quite complicated, but the, 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 the Molesworth was, was a large part of that. So a community stayed there for the winter. And I think it was about March time that um, the Home Secretary then, with uh, Michael Hesitine, mobilised, um, I think it was 3,500 um, Royal Engineers and troops, and they put up a fence overnight. But it was just, it was the largest mobilisation of... Um, of troops on mainland Britain in peacetime um, since uh, World War Two, um, kind of kind of made an impression there, and in fact, apparently, actually, the fence got taken down again fairly rapidly. But that's a, that's a, that's not a part of the story that I'm particularly aware of myself. So yeah, there was this confluence of a lot of unemployed people, um, a lot of discontent, um, a lot of anxiety, um, and actually finding kind of positive ways to sort of harness that, that energy and focus it into fight you know like the words of the song back to Billy Bag Bragg you know discover new ways of being you know go, looking forward and um, equality for, for you know uh, for, for for all you know, those fight is well, that period in my recollection only lasted for about 10 years am I wrong or what happened to it I mean where did it go yeah, um, I think the yeah, phew, yeah. I mean that's that's quite a question, but yeah, no, and I think it's interesting. The gypsies talk about wagon time, which was the 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 the, the, the 150 years when they they travelled with horses and actually had wagons because they weren't actually allowed to have horses uh, until the sort of 1820s. But and 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 from from about 1820 through to sort of 1920, the, the, the 30s, sort of the, the sort of golden era of of gypsies. They call it wagon time, and um, the uh, with us, it was like bus time. It was a bus era, and you know, you, you would, yeah, you could literally buy a sort of an old bus out of service for, you know, you could get six of you together and put your gyros in, and you, you know, you could buy a bus and kind of just go down the road in it. Um, and it, and it, and it, and it, it was amazing, and it was, it was really emblematic of the kind of freedoms that uh, the the British imagined themselves to enjoy. You know. Uh, and it, and it, it is interesting because you asked the question about whether what was it I got from Dartington, um, and you know part of the, the saying about that was you know the why not, but that kind of entitlement to actually uh, do what you want as long as it's not hurting anybody else, which is it is 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 really in the in in the British character, um, and there was an extraordinary melting pot of. You know the children of, uh, I mean, and I'm I'm talking now about the the new new travellers sort of movement, and, and uh, you know there were some very posh people involved with that, um, and it was uh, it was a really interesting moment, a really interesting melting pot, and yeah, like you say, I think the 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 the, the politics and the economics changed. Well, <laughs> I mean, the, there was a. A whole string of um, the legislation, specifically banning us from uh, uh, more than three people walking down the road in a line was a was a protest march and needed to have um, uh, permission. Uh, music of a repetitive beat. I mean, it, you know, I, I, it's funny. I, it, my generation, it's like we just sort of these are sort of standing jokes, you know, about the the way that the 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 powers that be just bent over backwards to try and identify what it was about us that they hated. Um, was it you know, 
uh, you know, so we had, you know, and the, the first, oh, I'd lose track of all the different um, public order bills and criminal justice acts and all the rest of them. And then we just, you know, again, we've just, we've just been through a whole another cycle of it of politicians promising their populist base all kinds of completely undeliverable stuff that the police just roll their eyes and look at the other way and uh, you know, the courts will prove that it's actually fundamentally against human rights. I, mean, I firmly I firmly believe that. Like I say, I've, I've sort of seen three or four attempts by politicians to bypass uh, uh, the, the sort of tradition of um, natural fairness that I, I think actually does underpin uh, our notions of who we are as as a culture, who the Brits are. You know, we like to think that we're we're actually freedom loving, um, uh, generous hearted people. Yeah. Well, there certainly seems to be you're right. Certainly seems to be echoes or repetitions of that mm. phenomenon right now with regard to you know freedom to demonstrate and make too much noise and uh, let's just hope the police do throw up their hands and and um, decide that they can't enforce these ridiculous regulations rather than use it as an excuse to charge in as they did at times. Uh, something that has changed I think is that the police are less uh, inclined to allow themselves to be used for strictly political purposes in the way that they were mm. in that era mm. uh, which was really really poor um but i think uh 20,000 of them uh being cut by Theresa May a few a couple of years ago uh has not has not been um, um uh, you know they haven't actually managed to make it any better by promising to to rehire uh 20,000 uh, that certainly hasn't happened yet so that the, then the police have become the uh service of last resort um as um, as they say themselves, they're they're the ones who will always answer. You know, and uh, we are just in the most astonishing situation of a of a sort of Byzantine spiral down into a chaos. And you know, it, the, the, it is you know waiting twenty four hours outside a hospital in a, in an ambulance for A and E. I mean, it's, this stuff is just it's just completely bonkers let's not get too depressed no, <laughs> let's Sorry, talk about the, what's that, the, the way golden, I was holding my head in my hands let's talk yeah. about the golden past yeah, the golden past and, and that era Good yeah <laughs> nuclear threat and everything else it was great they see they did, they did Sheffield University did a very interesting study of the the, the shift actually in the in in uh, youth kind of youth culture uh, f- between the festival movement uh, and the rave Scene. and there was, a, there was a fair bit of crossover there um, they made it impossible for us to do festivals um, and by 1992 93 um, now Pilton Glastonbury was was pretty much the only independent festival kind of going um, but the, what there were were, were were you know loads of raves and the, you had this uh, crossover the rave circuses where you got travelers would take the sites and pr- build all the infrastructure up and then the ravers would turn up with the um, with the punters uh, and the talent, and um, their 
drugs of choice. And I actually think that there's a, there's a there's a there's a great piece of work to be done around the nature of drugs. I mean, you know, the existentialists in uh, in Paris in the twenties drank an awful lot of coffee. You know. um, <laughs> and absinthe. Well, and absinthe as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you know, obviously, you were in the uh, the era of um, Hay Ashbury and um, the psychedelic summer of love. Anything. No, no, I'm sure he didn't. No. Um, <laughs> And actually, the um, the the kind of free festival movement that emerged in the um, after sort of well in, in the early seventies, because it started with Windsor Great uh, Great Park, and then morphed into Stonehenge, and then all the sort of other things, was very much based on um, on psychedelics. Um, and then rave culture came along, uh, which was actually based on uh, methyl dimethamphetamine. Um, which is uh, which is kind of a very different drug actually, and I think the aesthetics of the thing shifted, um, and I'm I'm not really quite sure how much progress has been made creatively, and I will get shot down, and I'm showing my age on all this, but you know between the sort of the, the sort of late or mid mid nineties and the twenties, it, it seemed. It all seems a, a bit samey to me compared to the sort of thirty years before, you know, where, where we had you know we had punk, we had the hippies, we had the mods, rockers, all the sort of different manifestations of youth culture. I don't know what is it. What is it? Did youth culture grow up and um, get a job, or I don't know. I don't know quite quite what happened there. So, what was happening in in Totnes and this area at that time? I mean, there were. Some festivals that came and went. There was music in the Civic Hall, and you must be yeah. involved in. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, a part of the reason I, I picked Billy Bragg, of course, was because I was I was honoured to um, to do lights for Philippe, Billy Bragg on a, a, on a uh, uh, at a gig that uh, I think you 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 organised um, way back in the day, and I, I was trying to remember what what date that was. I I, I think it's around sort of eighty seven or something. The, the, of course. There had been a really um, lovely. Um, we were fortunate to have the fallout from um, people who'd been organising uh, traditional medieval-style fairs in East Anglia, uh, uh, called Albion Fairs, and they, a sort of splinter group from them came down to Totnes and started a thing called Hood Fair, which you, if you dressed up in fancy dress, I think you got in for peanut you know going for a fiver instead of sort of 20 quid or something and so everybody dressed up as peasants and <laughs> got very muddy you know and um and that was a fantastic event for for for, for 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 several years you know brought some amazing sort of talent into the area uh i'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to think of some of them <laughs> well I if i said theater of fire or yes. bruce lacy or yeah. um uh, the, the Friends Roadshow, things like that. I mean, they, uh, again, I'm showing my age because they, they were all incredibly uh, uh, important, sort of uh, seminal um, figures in, in, in a movement that sort of became, has become huge and ubiquitous. I mean, it's 300 quid for a ticket for Glastonbury now and, and, and kind of it's become a sort of almost obligatory kind of rite of passage for, for teenagers to, to do Glasters or, or, or somewhere else, you know. So, you know, ultimately I think we... We really, really succeeded in reinventing rites of passage for young people, and 
adolescents and teenagers. And there was elephant yeah. fur as well, wasn't there? And there was elephant fur as well, yeah. I think, I'm not imagining this, that I saw the Pogues actually play at Hood Fair, probably the last Hood Fair. Yeah, that yeah. was the Pogues played at, uh, yeah, yeah, they did, yeah. Which, uh, yeah, uh, yes, yes. Well, yes, there, there was a... <laughs> Oh, the po- yes, the Pogues. Uh, well, there was a quite a, there was quite a mixed um, feeling about that because actually it was it was the, it was the presence of the Pogues and the fact that they were a really national, uh, nationally recognised um, uh, group that, um, as it were, were they were sort of perceived to put Hood Fair on the map nationally, um, which all the Albion Fair people um, had actually said Saskia and. Tarby and people said no that's really not a good idea because uh, it raised, raised the profile of the festival so it became a uh, a kind of fixed point in the kind of larger festival calendar and then of course it kind of got a bit swamped in a variety of ways really but do you remember Footspan doing um, the Tempest in a Tempest I mean that was they had they, they were touring Oh, yeah. no, that was one of the, the one of the most amazing theatre things I've ever seen in my whole life. Was was in their tent, in their round tent, and they did they did the Tempest in the round, yeah, um, in a tent, and it, it, they had a we actually had a thunderstorm, yeah, you know, and it was just spine tingling. And that was that was, yeah, that was a couple of years before Footspawn said to the Arts Council, "Too little, too late, goodbye." And left for France, where they're now an institution. Yes, yes, yes yeah. of course. Yeah. And there was a lot more going on in the Civic Hall in Totnes in those days too. He must have been involved in those. I mean, was it the River Bottom Nightmare Band? Was it? Was that what they were called? Yes, it is, wasn't it? River Bottom Nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I remember the dancers there. It used Fantastic. to be the, the whole age cross section of the community. You know, you know, grandparents and grandchildren and everything yeah. in between were there dancing together to local bands. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that, that, you know, that's the most that's the most uh, exciting, you know, gratifying thing ever to see in Tottenham. Is you know, is that thing where you do get, you know, grandparents, you know, in, in out celebrating with their grandchildren, and there the there was a there was a I guess there was a kind of golden era of um, of the circle because um, I you were doing. Uh, the the the, the uh, there was kind of the rock against racism kind of uh, movement and there was all the the gigs against um, apartheid in South Africa um, uh, and oh man you know things like Misty and Roots and Black Uhuru coming in yes fantastic yes and um, but of course the uh, back in those days the health and safety allowed us to have six hundred people in in the building um, which has been cut down to three hundred. And of course, we are just now. I mean, we're five years in, but there was twenty years where you weren't. We weren't really allowed any live music in the civic hall yeah. because nobody was really challenging the legalities of it. Well, that was a very sad episode. Yeah, um, in the arts and in Tottenham. But we, we, we you know, the great thing that was that we, we 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 were able to be the stepping stone between Exeter and uh, it was actually was the uh, there was a Cornwall Coliseum I think was, was yeah. the other was the next group, yeah. huge uh, venue you know so I mean, so yeah we had um, 
I, I don't know. It's it's one of those sort of one of those things that sort of uh, every time you, you mention it, somebody else rem- rem- remembers the Clash playing or the Jam or you know I I, I you know I, I don't know. We had we we had all sorts of people. I remember um, um, Desmond Decker, yeah, and uh, and uh, 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 video killed the radio star Bruce Woolley, and uh, and of course Billy and. Uh, yeah, and uh, those, uh, those those incredible reggae bands I, I, I mentioned. Yeah, some great events. Can I just? Um, you were involved at one time with the uh, the Commonwealth Institute with the Youth Theatre Group there. Yeah. What what were you What were you doing there? I presume you weren't acting. I think you were. Were you acting? <laughs> <laughs> Spill the beans. Uh, well, I've I've I've, I've become relatively um eloquent uh, um uh, articulate these days but i i i was always in those days i was very 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 tongue-tied so i could i really i really couldn't uh, i couldn't do lines uh but no i actually was writing and directing uh the first two uh, uh productions for for the commonwealth institute the youth theater uh, group because I got a little bit of um, bit of understanding of script writing. I'd been working with out since the, the, we'd done Transact Arts and then out of Transact Arts came a sort of a film group. Uh, we got uh, some a bursary from the BFI to develop a script. So I was uh, working with students at, at Dartington on that. So I had some idea about how to write a narrative and theatre. Uh, so I did that and spent yeah kind of eighteen months um, doing that, which gave me a. A, 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 a grounding in um, in theatre practice and uh, television uh, production and yes, uh, actually I did ballet for for eighteen months. I actually got to the point where I could I could lift my you know my legs straight up above my head. You know, it was very painful. Though. <laughs> That's a revelation. I've just written that down. Yes, can we have and then and then uh, got photographs. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I, uh, I and I, so I, I, the, my whole shtick was was kind of writing and um, uh, writing for screen and and and, and, and um, photography and things, and then filmmaking from that. Um, and then I, I had a, a terrible incident where I I had literally every single thing that I'd done for the last three or four years uh, in a in a in a large um, Gladstone bag, uh, which got stolen out of the back of my car. And I lost my entire portfolio for, for sort of years, and yeah, maybe as much five years. And I um, just gave up writing and um, went into um, performance of the non-verbal variety. Um, and this kind of coincided with taking up with um, one of the uh, very seminal uh, groups, which was a thing called the Tibetan Ukrainian Mountain Troop, which was like the convo- concert party for the for the convoy, and yeah, we so so we 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 started doing. Uh, well, they 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 had been doing um, circus at festivals, and then I toured with them doing um, street circus, and uh, evolved from a from a very bad scary uh, act with lots of fire blowing and chains and broken glass into quite a funny um, strongman act with only a little bit of fire and a little bit of chains and things. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you bring some of these these skills to play on Fear Island, I seem to remember? 
Um, trying to think. I mean, I actually I, I, the only time that I've ever really burnt myself really significantly, uh, fire breathing was in Totnes, uh, and I always remember it's it's a kind of it's a kind of there's a bit of a tradition about not 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 showing off in your hometown actually as a performer. Um, so I've, I've always been a little bit reticent, um, but. Um, Guy, you know, over the years, there's been so many, so many different events. Um, we did the um, floating lantern sculptures down the river after Welfare State came here, and I worked. I did work with Welfare State, uh, doing pyrotechnics with them. Yeah, manifesting their, their their Lord Dynamite show, which was just fantastic. And and that was that was a wonderful example of of bringing uh, first race practitioners into a community context. And actually, at least three theatre companies emerged out of uh, that experience of having that uh, really really top uh, company, which uh, yeah, Welfare State International were right in the at the, uh, the ground floor of a whole. Um, a whole genre of community-based uh, celebratory arts companies, um, emergency exit in London, walk the plank in Manchester, Brithgoff in Wales, same sky in Brighton. You know they're all, all out of the same stable, and 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 lots of crossovers. And I mean they, I guess, behind, uh, sort of provided the sort of bedrock of sort of community engagement. Um, in 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 a, a a later era, after um, the Labour government came in, and I, and I you know people say, <laughs> uh, I'm trying to try and not sound like Donald Trump. People say you know that. Uh, uh, no, don't try. No, please like don't. <laughs> let's not go there. Uh, I, I I did a really it's a bit I, I did a really bad thing last <laughs> night. I watched I watched I watched the, that guy do his 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 pitch for president. Anyway, um, but yeah, um, the uh, politics matters. Yeah, the difference between being under a conservative uh, government for arts funding and being under a Labour government for arts funding is chalk and cheese. There's no two ways about it, and it matters. So, what you've described is an extraordinarily broad range of what. I hope you'll excuse me calling um, anarchist theatre, um, anarchist arts, and I've got I, a new. I've got a, I've got a new slogan for it. It's, it's watermelon engagement. Yeah. It's water, watermelon engagement. Yeah, it's got a green skin. It's red on the inside, and it's black anarchist pips. Yeah. Okay. That's, it's mine. All right. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think you've answered my question, right. but my, I'll my, ask my, have anyway. to, or, this might be the launch of the watermelon party. <laughs> if anybody wants to come, you know chow down you know. which is the symbol for Kherson isn't it it's there it is the yes. symbol for Kherson yeah. yes which is particularly appropriate yeah, yeah like, isn't uh, it yes. I yeah. hadn't thought of that but what I was wondering was how did this broad experience prepare you for becoming his honour the worshipful mayor of Totnes yeah <laughs> nothing could ever possibly uh, prepare one for for for, for the honour <laughs> Um, yeah, no, well, um, I, it has to be said, actually, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, think, I think I was probably more comfortable with um, with, with putting the uh, fancy dress clobber on than uh, most of the previous <laughs> incumbents, you know. Yeah. 
I mean, I you know, I, I just quite I quite enjoyed actually sort of you know wearing the silly hat and you know and and the robes and, and I mean where you know, hanging two kilos of of bling around your your neck, which is you know you know hundreds of thousands of pounds worth. And it, you know, it's a very, very interesting business. The whole business of civic ceremony, yeah. And I mean, it, you know, it, and and you know, you're right, Paul. It, 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 it uh, actually um, facilitating the uh, process of uh, of community uh, celebration theatre. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, no. So, so uh, funny enough, there is this business of of the um, figures of authority. It's very traditional in, in a lot of cultures for figures of authority to actually make themselves um, ridiculous. Yeah, and, th- and that is like turning the world upside down, which which, which cleaves back to you know the the, the you know the, the thread at the, the very beginning of this thing. Uh, and you know, for me, the greatest joy in 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 uh, being. Uh, mayor was was opening doors and uh, actually making um, spaces available to people and not being afraid to be ridiculous actually um, in, and actually in a, in a deadly serious kind of way because um, I think some people were quite surprised about how uh, traditional I was prepared to be with that and, and, and actually you know really took that stuff very 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 seriously uh, because when you're um, representing a community that's got a con- constant, consistent history running back to 1349, you know, and it's and it's it's written on the wall, you know, adding your name to a list of mayors that goes back to 1349 is you know, is is a hell of a thing, and I guess I've always been uh, interested in engagement rather than. Rather more than the alternative, and again, uh, I'll hark back to your era, Paul. You know, and, and I don't know whether you remember the um, what was it, the Fourth Republic or the Fifth Republic, the uh, the Soissons wheat in uh, Paris in '68, um, and Jean Paul Sartre uh, had a seminar with the uh, people who were um, occupying the uh, Elysee. Oh, is it, did you say no? The uh, Lycée, uh, in Lycée in, yes. in, in 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 Paris, um, and he said to them, he said, "Look, you need to be the avant-garde. You can't be the. There's no such thing as an alternative. If you want to be an alternative, they'll just come and pick you off from a distance with with high-powered rifles. You know, you you you've got to be in close. You need to you you need to be the avant-garde. And that's actually always been my that's always been my my ethos with these things is is actually occupy democracy." Be the change you want to uh, see. Light a lamp. Don't curse the darkness. You know, all those things. You know, um, act locally, think globally, and those um, all those, uh, those slogans. You know, um, so um, I sw- I gave, managed to give uh, overt politics a, a swerve for a very very long time. Um, I probably had as mixed feelings about politicians as anybody else. You know, um, but then. Yeah, I suppose kind of having found my voice, and actually I got press ganged into joining the council because they were um, short of members, um, and the town clerk was on standing on one side and the mayor was standing on the other side saying, "Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on, go on." So I said, "Okay." So then I did six years, and then then it and then it was um, 
it became apparent that, um, yeah, it seemed like the right time to kind of step up. And yes, uh, I think people are really surprised to hear that I was ever in Articulate because people say, well, you never stop bloody talking now. Um, but, I, I, you know, I was. I, I had a terrible stammer um, and, and, a, and a terrible lisp as well, you know, which actually I think performance uh, really, really helped. I mean, that's, you know, that's the, the, the old trick for getting over your stammer is sing, sing, whatever it is you want to say, you know, if anybody remembers the King's voice and that old story. So, um, and yeah, I'm quite good at projecting to the back of the room. I don't usually need a microphone. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to suggest at that point that you and I get together with some others and we form a, a local choir to at least... Acapella. Acapella choir to at least sing the Billy Bragg song that you started <laughs> off with, this conversation, because it's such a wonderful song and I can imagine it being belted out on the streets of, of Totnes with you perhaps in the Merrill robes yet again. What? Who knows? Um, but thank you very much, Ben, for talking to me. It's always really interesting to, to reflect on these things and yeah 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 pleasure absolute pleasure thank you Paul and thank you Ben the next episode will feature Ben speaking to his friend Fiona Green <laughs>